The power of your mind has to do with unknowing and unlearning the stuff your mind was convinced it needed to know. Hey, you're listening to the Love Lasting Podcast. My name's Jen, and I can't wait for us to talk about all the things, from a new recipe I tried for supper last night, to how I unknowingly let the world dictate my life. I hope you hit that subscribe button to join me every week and be sure to check out the show notes for a special link to my free private Facebook group where we can continue each conversation. But for now, let's dive right into today's episode because you're here for a reason and I'm determined to deliver whatever message your heart came for. Let's go. Hello, welcome back. How was your week? I've been so busy. And looking forward to recording today's episode because I've been feeling all week like my words and my thoughts and my actions have just been so all over the place on completely different pages. So I knew that I just needed to sit down and have like a conversation with myself. And those conversations have recently been showing up as my podcast episodes. It's just much more fun knowing there's someone out there in the world, could be someone I've never met, could be someone I might not ever meet, but how cool is it that almost anywhere in the world, what I say could completely change someone's life, change someone's day, change someone's perspective. Like how cool is it that I can pass habits, opinions, ideas, love, thoughtfulness, kindness, advice, I can pass these things to anyone in the world through my words. And yeah, there's always like snail mail and email and blogs and yada yada yada. I could send words that way too, I know. But I want you, I want the person I'm sending these words to, like I want them to hear the way I say it. I want people to hear it in whatever tone or feeling comes out as I talk, whether it comes out funny or silly or confused or even sad. I don't just want you to read my words. I want to send my words fully loaded with the energy in my voice so your hearts get the message quicker. And I never actually stopped to think about the amount of things we pass around to each other. And up until last year, I never actually thought too much into how it even affects our lives. Then I started to really think about how someone you encounter, even just once, can change your entire life with a few sentences. Came the realization that whether we like it or not, it is impossible not to pass down a certain degree of our own feelings, our own experiences, our own opinions down to our kids. I am right there too. So don't think I'm over here pointing fingers. I promise I'm not because all my fingers are occupied pointing at myself. I've always wondered if anyone else felt like this or thought this, but the truth is up until last year, I would hear of people doing this inner child work stuff or healing their inner children. And I never thought anything of it. I would just think like, wow, it breaks my heart to imagine how it must feel to live through such a traumatic childhood that to this day, you need to heal 
from something that happened like years ago. Like I would think that the worst thing happened to anyone who said they needed to heal their inner child. Maybe a drug addict parent or abusive drunk, bad foster care, I don't know. Because the word trauma to me... Like, I thought healing from childhood trauma meant having to heal from something super crazy, something that still hurts. And because it still hurts, it prevents you from moving on. Maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I sound silly for not knowing that childhood trauma doesn't always mean you were physically abused or lived in a war-torn country. And while, yeah, there are some beautiful souls out in the world who have had childhoods that no human should ever have to endure, what I've come to realize is that all of us, every single one of us, has childhood things we need to heal from. Maybe they're not traumatic, but they're things we need to deal with. They're things we need to acknowledge. And sometimes we need to heal from things that we probably don't even remember. When I first heard that, I'm not gonna lie, I kinda laughed. Like what? You want me to waste my time dealing with something that isn't hurting me? Why? Like, please hold, let me just go voluntarily find stuff to hurt me so when I remember it hurts, I can waste my time trying to find a way to make myself forget about the pain that I force myself to remember? Do you get what I'm saying here? Like why, why would I need to heal something that isn't hurting me? Why do I need a band-aid over something that isn't bleeding? But here's what I learned. Just because your brain doesn't remember something, just because your subconscious has your back and says, nope, we don't need this trip down memory lane any longer. It is no longer serving us. Just because the memory doesn't exist as a whole doesn't mean our subconscious didn't take bits and pieces from that experience. Maybe you don't remember the time you had your first sleepover. You don't remember you had the worst time because you were scared of the sound this dang branch was making when it scratched against the window because it just so happened to be windy that night. Maybe this happened 30 years ago and you don't even remember it happened, but last week you turned down an opportunity of a lifetime because it meant living somewhere else for a month. And there's something, wink wink, about not sleeping in your own space that makes it impossible for you to sleep at all. I mean, okay, maybe that was a silly example that I just pulled from out of nowhere, but do you see Like, do you see the power of our mind? You might not remember the situation, but you remember the feeling. You remember the behavior. You remember the solution and it's stored in your subconscious. You don't actually ever think about it, which explains why you don't know it's there, but it is. If something in your life happened, even if you don't remember, your body does. And it can show up in your life in the most inconvenient ways. Most of the time, the smallest situation from when we were kids can show up in the biggest ways when we're adults. Stuff that doesn't involve us, stuff we heard and didn't even pay attention to, stuff we saw in passing, this is all stuff that affects who we are, how we behave, how we feel. 
sometimes we even need to heal from things that happened before we even existed, before we were born. Sometimes the thing that happened didn't happen to us, but the resulting behavior from it affects us greatly through our parents, our partners, our friends, our enemies. This was definitely a little overwhelming when I first really got this concept. And I mean like really got it because I thought I got it before. I've heard people talk about the power of your mind before. And if I'm being totally honest, I really just thought it meant study hard. I grew up believing that the power of your mind was just intelligence, like intelligence you could get from a book. I thought your mind gained strength and became powerful as you studied hard and graduated university when you got a good job, made a lot of money and lived a good life. It sounds silly when I think about it now, but that's just, that's what I thought. And the reality is that the power of your mind has nothing to do with school or stuff you learn in textbooks. The power of your mind has to do with unknowing and unlearning the stuff your mind was convinced it needed to know. When the truth is, the power is your mind. The power of your mind is your mind. And so any information that is given to you, any information, experience, or observation is only as powerful as your mind allows it to be. Does that make sense? Like your mind is power like electricity. Without electricity to power on a TV, what can be done with it? Without your mind to power through your thoughts, work through your ideas, form hypothesis, what can be done with them? A thought, idea, thing, experience, all of it means nothing if you really think about it. Without the power of our mind, what power does anything really have? Which is why we are so quick to run to anything that can stop our thoughts when life's falling apart, right? We just need to make our mind focus on something else, anything else. Because we know, our bodies, our hearts know that the more we think about things, the more power we give them. Ideally, the things we run to are healthy. Loved ones to have fun with, physical activities to shift our energy. Hopefully, we have pages on pages of things that we can turn to when the power of our mind is working against us. Because it happens sometimes. And that's truly the only way to fix what can turn out to be a really ugly situation. If we allow ourselves to get so demoralized that we convince our minds that we no longer care, we could be in really big trouble. Because when you don't care, you'll do whatever it takes to forget about whatever it is you're angry or hurt or frustrated about. When you don't care, you only do things you feel like doing, which normally would be fine, except for when you're angry and vengeful or sad and self-destructive. It's so easy for me to talk about how not caring can lead to destructive behavior because I know that path. Sometimes I think I've been down that path so many times that they should name it after me. And then I became like so terrified of the path because I kept waking up on it. 
you know that movie like oh man I don't even remember what it's called there might even be a few of them around a similar story but you know the one where the main character keeps going to sleep only to wake up restarting the exact same day like over and over again but it takes them a while to realize they just keep noticing things like deja vu and then there's always that like one situation that happens that makes them realize they've already experienced this and then they start freaking out and the movie goes on to whatever happens. Okay, but listen, that is what it felt like for me for so long. It was like this pattern in my life that I only recently started to notice. But before that, it was like, had a long day, need a drink, person made me mad, don't care, don't need them. I would just go cold, like not care, just turn mean and grumpy and grouchy. And after the worst days, I'd swear to myself, I wasn't going to let anything like that get to me tomorrow. I wasn't going to let anyone get me to that place tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to end my day on a happy note. And when tomorrow came, I knew my stress was still there. But I tried to pretend it wasn't because I was on a mission, good vibes only. And then someone would look at me the wrong way and I would tell myself, I'm going to smile back because good vibes only. And then I would smile and imagine myself giving him the finger or her the finger. And phew, that was a close one. Look at me. I'm making it through this day with good vibes only. And then I get home to my little artist's Sharpie creation on my white table. Oh my goodness, I'm doomed. There is nothing left in this good vibe tank. Lord have mercy, I'm going to lose it. Please clear the way. Waking up every morning with the stress and the guilt and the stress and the exhaustion, unaware or maybe just not believing that I just had to make a choice not to be that person anymore. I would be so offended when I'd hear people say that because I thought I was trying because that's what I was doing when I was saying good vibes only, no? But I'm not going to go any further into that topic because that's not what today's episode was supposed to be about. I kind of just went off on a tangent. So let's just let that thought marinate a little because I'm curious if it rubbed anyone the wrong way because it definitely rubbed me the wrong way when I heard it. But anyways, moving on, you know, I was thinking the other day. There is so much I love about having a podcast and one of the things I found helpful is that I always feel like I'm bombarded with thoughts, ideas, questions, but if I don't tell anyone right away, I forget them and then they're gone till who knows when. Maybe even forever in some cases, but because I'm always like, OMG, yes, that would be so fun to talk about on an episode. I'm always just writing the stuff down and it does wonders for my memory and gets me excited and just always puts me in such a great mood. So if you aren't already in the habit of writing down your thoughts right as you get them or doesn't matter if you ever think you're going to read them back or if you're ever going to tell anyone, just write them down. It doesn't hurt. It'll take a few seconds. Just write them down in point form, whatever. 
Anyways, as I'm writing stuff down, as usual, who do I start thinking about? The people who dance around my heart and mind all day, every day, 24-7, my kids. And then I'm really in. Because when you add my kids to the equation, it gets personal. All my senses pay attention, especially my heart. And every single one of these episodes starts off as an interesting thought I have to myself or an idea or maybe something I learned. Then it turns into me wanting to tell someone about it or have a conversation around it so I can get the thought out. I never feel like I fully understand something until I'm able to put words to it, until I'm able to verbalize it and communicate it. There's a certain degree of power that comes with being able to say something out loud, being able to explain your thought or your feeling. So as I'm taking notes to record my ideas for topics I want to talk about, I become hyper aware that what I'm about to release into the world is like history. And maybe I sound off the rocker, but but if you think about it, it is something that can live on infinity times longer than my body and voice ever could without it. And so then I'm like, what I say, how I word it, the intention behind each of these episodes has to be on point. It has to be so genuine that my love can be felt. It has to be so powerful that it captivates the person listening. Because in a few hundred years, my great-grandchildren's great-great-grandchildren's grandchildren's children will hopefully have access to these recordings. And if they listen, I want them to know me and know how much I love them. I want them to be like my greatest great-great-great-great grandma times 10 she's the coolest like she knows everything okay maybe i don't want them to think i know everything but i certainly want them to know that they know everything that they know everything they need to know they have everything they need to have to get the stuff they want to get to learn the stuff they want to learn and do the stuff they want to do Anyways, I digress, of course. So as I'm jotting down talking points for today's episode, as usual, I'm thinking of my kids and I'm jotting down ideas about the power of our mind and how stuff gets passed down through generations. And suddenly I'm looking back at the stuff I said, at the stuff I still say when I'm mad, frustrated, sad, embarrassed, tired, annoyed, disappointed, hurt. And not even just to my kids, but even just the random stuff I say out loud on the phone to something I'm watching on TV. Do you know there were actually even times when I thought getting mad meant I was being a good mom because I was teaching my kids to stand up for themselves and be tough. But I didn't mention that there were other ways and getting mad wasn't always the best choice. I thought screaming at my kids and punishing them meant I was being a good mom because being strict stopped them from growing up causing problems in the streets. That's not how problems happened in the streets, but that's how problems happen in someone's heart and in how they feel about themselves. And so we have to remember that 
We're all just doing the best we can. Once upon a time, strict was like the thing, right? Like strict meant you were a good parent. But we live in a different time than our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents. We now know that being strict doesn't mean setting impossible boundaries, screaming, setting limitations and so we're put in a position where we have to unlearn and relearn and trust ourselves some of the lessons opinions behaviors a lot of the stuff that was made a priority while we were being raised wasn't necessarily relevant nor are some of the lessons opinions behaviors that we are using today to raise our own kids. I kind of feel like that's what makes being a mom so scary. It's like, I see one of my kids about to do something and I remember what happened to me when I did something similar at that age and it was not good. Or I see something so messed up on the news that I never wanna let my kids out of the house ever again. And so I'm over here like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't go there. Don't touch that. Don't listen to this. And before I know it, I'm trying to concoct this like bubble around my children. And when they don't listen, I talk louder. And sometimes it turns to screaming. And when I'm screaming and they're still not listening, a fire starts in my soul and out goes my logic. (laughs) What starts off as us loving on our kids so hard often somehow turns into us being so ridiculously angry at our kids that we are saying the meanest things in the angriest tones because how lazy can you be that you didn't study for this test and now you failed? And do you ever listen to anything I say because I'm pretty certain I told you not to touch this and now you're crying because you're hurt from something I told you not to touch? This is your fault for not listening to me. This is where we cue the mom guilt, right? And then you read stuff about childhood trauma and you're like, okay, I have to fix this. I need to fix this. I got this. And the next day you're loving on your kids so hard. Good morning, children. Mommy loves you. You can put up a cute Instagram post caption. My light, my heart, my joy. Hashtag mommy life. Hashtag mommy's angels. You have their favorite breakfast waiting for them. And as they're eating, you say, hey, guys, mommy has a surprise. Family fun day and shopping spree. And they're all like, thank you, mom. You're the best mom. And you're just patting yourself on the back like, phew, my kids still love me. I did not ruin them. Then you get home and everyone's exhausted. And these kids, they're just like snakes shedding their skin. Their shoes are coming off and their sweaters and their jackets and finally their socks. Sometimes if it's hot, sometimes they want to take off their pants and then they leave it in like this trail. Like they're leaving it for me to find them so I can yell at them and tell them how ungrateful and lazy and ridiculous they are if they think I'm the one who's going to pick up all this stuff. And after what I did for them today, this, this is how they want to thank me. Why do I bother? Oof, there's that mom guilt again. If you are one of my kids and you're listening to this and actually anyone listening to this, your parents were wrong. I was wrong. If I could go back 
and change the way I did so many things, the way I said so many things, the way I chose to parent you guys, there is so much I would change. Not because I wished for a different outcome, not because I feel bad. There was a point when I did until I realized that I didn't have to because despite my attempt to mold you into what I thought would give you the best life, the best opportunities, despite my attempts to try to guide you in a direction I think you guys should go, you proved to me time and time again that it doesn't matter what I do or what I think. It matters what you do and what you think and what you want to do and what you want to think. And my job as a mother is to support you in whatever the heck that is. And I do. As a parent, I thought I needed to act a certain way to protect you, which is true. But I was raising you to behave, to learn, to act and exist in society. But that's not even what I wanted. I should have been protecting your essence. What you came gifting to the world instead of living with such a scarce mindset and believing that my job was to make sure you knew how to listen, to do as you're told so that you could get a good job and so that people will like you and you'd live a good life and you'd be happy. The thing is, the only person you need to learn to listen to is yourself. What anyone else says is a suggestion, including me no matter how big of a temper tantrum I throw about it. It is your birthright to create whatever life you dream of for yourself. And the fastest way to build it is to seek depth so you learn your lessons faster. Understand that there's always a lesson. So seek the lesson in every situation, good or bad. Because once you find the lesson, you either find a shortcut or an exit. Part of this episode ended up being a personal message to my kids, but I think it's one we all needed to hear. That's all I've got for today. Thanks for hanging out with me. I hope you wake up every morning and choose to follow the right clues, follow your joy, follow the things that make you happy, do the things that make you feel alive because that's your map. If you want to find happiness, Follow things that make you happy. It sounds so simple and it should be one of those things that goes without saying. Yet as humans, it's one of the things we struggle to do. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and if you did, I would love if you took a minute to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. I love you to the moon and back. All of you.